0: It's time for Cadillac On Call on News Radio 610 KONA. It's your chance to learn valuable health information right here in our community.
1: Now, the host of Cadillac On Call, here's Jim Hall. Hello, friends. Welcome to Cadillac On Call presented by Cadillac Foundation. As we move into spring, the weather is warming, spring break is upon us, yet COVID 19 is still very present in our community. We continue to see progress in turning back the pandemic with case rates down from their peak in January, hospitalizations on the decline, and the vaccines getting into more and more arms. On tonight's program, we'll hear from the head of the Washington State Department of Health, and later check in with Heather Hill from the Benton Franklin Health District to learn the latest perspectives of where things stand in our region. First, we go to the phones and Dr. Umer Shah, Secretary of Health for the state of Washington. Dr. Shah assumed his position at the start of 2021 and has led the public health response through the January surge and the rollout of vaccines. First, from Dr. Shah, a perspective from his view as the state's top public health leader.
0: Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me. And, you know, I, I think you have to say ex- everything you just said in, in, and, and put that in context, which is, one, that, yes, we have made a tremendous amount of progress as a state, and we've seen coming off this third surge, you know, when it when it comes to cases and hospitalizations and other numbers, that we have gotten markedly better over where that surge was at its you know, at its peak. But I think what we also have to keep in mind is that progress for this kind of a pandemic is is just really beating the socks off the virus. And you know, when we start to see that coming off the surge, if you will, coming off the hill, and you start to see a plateau, you start to see it evening out or 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 in some cases even upticking up, that's what concerns us. So yes, we have we're in a better place than we were at the beginning of of this current wave because we, you know, obviously we've come down significantly. We're also in a better place because of vaccines. But that uptick is the concern to me, or the flattening is the concern to me. And why? It's because I really get concerned that people are thinking, well, gosh, I, you know, we're, we're out of the pandemic. We're done. We don't need to wear our masks. We don't need to do all those other things. We're, we're good. And that's when we get into trouble.
1: <laughs> kind of, I'll jump to maybe a question I'd ask you at the end, but it brings to me the question, at what point do you think we do declare an end to this pandemic?
0: Well, that's... <laughs> that's the not just million billion multi-billion dollar question right um it's um you know I, i think the way the way we have to think about it is is a couple of ways one is it's about vaccines and vaccinations and getting vaccines into the arms of washingtonians right that's that's something that is key which is going to drive those um those rates down it what that does is it protects people that are at risk, so it blunts the impact of, of an infection, right? So right now, we would be even more concerned about increases than we are now uh, in numbers if we didn't have a million Washingtonians vaccinated, right? That's, the, that's the, the good news in all this, is that the more we move towards vaccinating people across the state, the more that even if that virus takes hold of someone, it's less likely that someone's going to be able to get uh, an infection transmitted because guess what? They're still wearing their mask and they've been vaccinated. So that's one thing. But the other thing is really that there is a concern across the health community that we may be dealing with this virus, not just today and not just you know, as we finish out vaccines, But for a long time coming. And what that looks like, does that mean that, you know, next year we're we're needing to get a booster shot or something else? Does that mean that that we may need to be, you know, fighting this up and down piece, maybe not in that same level, if you will? Maybe it's not a mountain, but it's more like a, a small hill, it's it's not a tidal wave, it's a ripple. Maybe some of that could be going on for a long time coming. So I think the best Lighthouse that I've said months ago, and, and I got criticized for this by some. I said, you know, my, the, the, the way I would look at this is the goalpost should be that when it's time for our kids to go back to school in the fall, that not only can they go back in person safely, and, and guess what? They can also go back safely now. So that's not, that's not what I'm getting at, but they can go back with the peace of mind that transmission in the community has decreased so much because of vaccines, because of all the efforts, because of people really staying on, on the ball here, that they actually can feel comfortable that, that we've done as adults everything to help protect them as they go back to school. So that's, a, that's to me, you know, kind of a long-winded answer of saying that it depends on how you look at it the short game, which is vaccines and really continuing to do all those efforts with the long game of there's probably a new normal that we're going to be dealing with for a long time coming.
1: Relative to vaccine distribution throughout the state of Washington, I know our site here at the Kennewick Fairgrounds here in the Tri-Cities, I think the last numbers I saw was well over 42,000 at Cadillac, our institution. We have done 16,000 was the latest numbers I have seen. Uh, what, it, what is your message on vaccinations around the state? And, and I know things are beginning to open up more, so the advice you're saying is making sure people are getting those vaccines.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you know, the advice is that look, we're still in the pandemic, and so, uh, you know, you see you see images of you know people at spring break and you know feeling like they're you know that they're um, not needing to to take precautions, and that's the kind of stuff that gets us in trouble. Uh, vaccines is is such a critical piece of this. It's not even the development of the vaccines, which obviously with. You know with the trump administration we have to really give incredible credit on operation warp speed when it comes to developing the vaccine and the current administration we have to give credit to the biden administration to you know kind of take the baton and move towards getting it out to people and so you know we're part of that system that federal system goes to state and state goes to locals and so governor inslee you know i give him so much credit you know, as you know, I'm a newbie to the team. I only came on um, back in, in really at the beginning of January when, when you really think about it right, at, right during the holidays. And we were in a, in a really bad place when I first came on. And we've just really put our heads down and doing everything we can to really vaccinate and set up vaccine opportunities for people throughout the state of Washington, no matter who you are or where you live. Um, again, based on, you know, the tiers that, that you're eligible, that we want to make sure that vaccine is accessible to you. So 40-plus thousand, it's actually 43,000 that have been administered at the Kennewick site. We've had more than 150,000 at all of four of our, our state sites uh, that we've set up. Uh, we had a goal back in, I guess it was about January, February, where we set a goal. And at that time, people were like, well, are you gonna, how are you going to get there? where we had set a goal of 45,000 vaccines a day. And we were only averaging about twelve, thirteen thousand 13,000 a day. And so that seemed really far off. And not only have we uh, met that goal, we've now exceeded it. We beat the goal. Now we're in last week, our average is about 54,000 doses per day. So remember we were trying to from 13,000, we were setting a goal of 45,000 a day. Now we're at 54,000. And we've administered over 3.2 million doses across the state, and we've had over 1.2 million people who are fully vaccinated. And that means that these are people that are now protected from fully from COVID-19 as best we can with these vaccines. And and then you've got another uh, you know set of people that have at least gotten one dose of vaccine, and that means especially for our seniors that we have many, many of them, uh, the vast majority, have at least gotten one dose and more than half have gotten um, two doses, which means that we've got our seniors who are protected. And so that's the, you know, when you ask that first question about the surge uh, and why the concern is there, one thing that does make me feel somewhat better is the fact that we've got at least people who are protected, while we're also seeing some increases. So we're hoping that we can keep fighting this fires off. At the same time, we want to protect people in the process.
1: A couple of quick uh, comments, if you would. First of all, on vaccine hesitancy, those that are reluctant to get that vaccine. What is your message to those folks?
0: Well, you know, uh, the, the whole piece of success related to vaccines, is vaccine supply, It's vaccine logistics of getting it, you know, to into the arms of and vaccine demand. And that that means confidence in vaccines. And it's a three legged stool. It's supply, logistics and its demand. And um, it would be a terrible, terrible. Situation or uh, something I don't want to see where we've gone through all this effort and, and, and lost so many Americans along the way. And we have an opportunity to prevent somebody from getting sick, or getting getting severely sick, or dying, and and people are just hesitating to get vaccinated because of um, misinformation, or they just don't understand it, or 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 they haven't heard from their doctor, and they just feel like I'm not going to take it. In the meantime, the virus you know catches them or gets them, and then you're like, gee, we could have prevented that. So my my message is that all three of the vaccines, that's the Moderna and Pfizer two-dose, as well as the Johnson & Johnson, the J&J one-dose, all three of those vaccines are safe and they're effective. And so what I would say to people is that when it is your turn, and very soon it's going to be all Washingtonians above the age of 16, when it is your turn to be eligible and it's your turn and You can get that appointment and you're now able to to get into the, you know, to the seat or in your car as you're driving through a drive-through site to get vaccinated. My message is don't hesitate. Vaccinate. Don't hesitate. Get vaccinated. Do not try to get the perfect situation. If you're offered one of those three vaccines, when you're offered one of those three vaccines, get
1: vaccinated. And conversely, if you would, after one is fully vaccinated, what is your guidance for interaction with others? Can fully vaccinated folks spread the virus asymptomatically?
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's a really good question. And, you know, I would say a couple of things. One is that the, you know, the CDC at the federal level released some guidance. I I, kind of call it 1.0 you know, they 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 set out some some guidance to people who've been vaccinated. Things that you can do that are that now that you're, let's say you're vaccinated, the person next to you is vaccinated. So you can actually in you know in, in the comfort of your home, for example, or a private setting, you can even take your mask down if you're both vaccinated. But I do want to be careful that I, and I, I guess maybe I'm I'm more cautious about it in that. I want to be careful that people don't, you know, the moment you're two weeks out from your second dose or two weeks out from the one dose uh, J&J vaccine, you don't just say, "Okay, well, I'm done and I'm not going to wear my mask, especially in public. I do get concerned about that because how would you know uh, the individual who's not wearing a mask because they are vaccinated versus someone who has just decided they're not going to wear the mask? And I, I think it's important for us to continue to champion that it's that we've got to be those, you know, community members that people can look at as 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 modeling what's what's the right thing to do. So I think that's one thing. And the other thing, just very simply, and I'll, I'll make it, you know, I'll make it um, very succinct here, is that we know that the vaccines are not 100 percent effective. Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, You know, one of them is 95% effective, for example. But I would say that there is uh, the ability for for somebody to either be asymptomatic or especially with symptoms to to have a, a breakthrough that the vaccine didn't protect them. And they're one of those 5%. And when you have right now a million Washingtonians or eventually 5 million Washingtonians that are vaccinated, 5% can add up. And so we do want to make sure people continue to protect themselves even after they've been vaccinated.
1: We're visiting with Dr. Umer Shah, head of the Washington State Department of Health, back with more of our conversation right after this. Welcome back to Catholic On Call. We're visiting with Dr. Umer Shah, head of the Washington State Department of Health, continuing the discussion with efforts to move past this pandemic once and for all.
0: We are, um, we're moving in that, you know, with that goal in mind. And, you know, Governor Inslee, you know, I give him a lot of credit for, you know, recognizing the incredibly horrific impact that not only has this virus had on communities, regardless, all of us, but also recognizing the impact uh, that, you know, kids not being in person has had on their education, their uh, childhood development. And and I, I think recognizing the mental and behavioral and developmental challenges that come in uh, with kids not being in person in school has been incredibly important. And the good news is that we've outlined ways that, you know, schools can, can really recognize the changing and evolving science, including you know, with with last week's announcement of of you know six feet versus three feet, we do think we're moving in the direction that schools should be able to open in person in the fall. Uh, because guess what? They're also already able to open in person now. But what I th- what I said earlier, I think, is something that I would just want to go back to, is that. Well, we want kids to, and students, and teachers, and educators, and just you know everybody who's just been so amazing throughout this very difficult process. And remember, I've, I've got three kids, 11, 7, and and 4, and we're my wife and I are always talking about what the everyday, how do we get you know make sure that they're. Their education is, 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 is going well, but also the rest of their development is also going well. So we, too, as parents, are very concerned about this. So I just want to give so much credit to our teachers and our educators and the ecosystem of schools, everything that they have done under so many incredibly challenging circumstances, is that what I want to have happen and see happen is that in the fall, those very kids go back to school and we have enough adults that vaccinated. We have transmission down. We don't have people in the hospitals as much from COVID-19. And we're actually looking at a markedly different place where now we're really feeling comfortable that you know we're moving in that right direction. Right now, there's still a lot of uncertainty because of variants and because of this, this flattening and because we're still early and we've got the vaccine supply constraints from the federal government. We're still not where we need or want to be, but I'm hopeful that changes after the summer and in the fall that we're in a markedly better place.
1: So as a result of the point you just made, that means uh, your advice, continue to wear masks, especially when you're out in in a public setting. Yes, absolutely.
0: Uh, And to wear masks uh, properly. Right, it's got to be over your nose and your mouth, and 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 to make sure you're you're wearing the the right kind of facial covering. You know, something that's not loose fitting, so maybe it feels comfortable to you. And then, you know, I'll tell you, as you know, I I I um, am coming from Texas, right? Right. And one of the big challenges we had in Houston last summer was that, frankly, a lot of people didn't want to wear or mess with a mask because, gosh, it's hot, it's humid, right? Right. So right now, it may be it may be fine. For Washingtonians to wear a mask, but when it becomes summer and it gets hotter, then people are like, ah, I don't need to wear it or I don't want to wear it because I'm sweating. And all of, That's when you really want to make sure you are wearing it. And number two is that it's the right kind of facial covering, that it covers your nose and mouth, it's snug to your cheeks, and that you don't remove it. And you certainly prevent yourself from touching your, your, your nose or your mouth, because that's how you introduce transmission into into your body.
1: One final question: uh, You touched on the warmer weather. Uh, we happen to be in the the, the state's breadbasket for agriculture. You name it, it's grown here, and uh, as a result, though, we have essential workers that need to be at work, and and we were hit very hard uh, when the pandemic first erupted last uh, spring and summer, and I guess as we move to the warmer weather, more opening up, uh, as the state's leading public health leader, what is your message to residents of the Tri-Cities area and in particular to the state?
0: You know, I, I've got a few messages. I, I, I wish I could just say it's one message. Um, but the it, it, it comes down to to this we are not out of this pandemic by any stretch uh, We have made incredible progress but we got a long road still ahead but we see hope we see light at the end of this long horrible tunnel we see light at the end of the tunnel so just keep working together to do what you can to to protect yourself your loved ones your your neighborhoods, your neighbors, and your coworkers, and everyone in your community, do what you can do. And at the same time, when it is your turn, and, and it's going to happen soon, because we're you know getting closer and closer to the you know that that time frame of of everybody above the age of sixteen being able to get vaccinated. eventually, the trials are being ha- happening right now for vaccines and kids, and it'll eventually even be for kids that they can get vaccinated. When it's your turn, don't hesitate, vaccinate, get vaccinated. Regardless of which of those three vaccines you get access to, get vaccinated. Do not wait. And that's going to be our best way, our our path forward, is trying to protect others, protect yourself, do what you can for your community. And look, I'm a doc, I'm a physician, you know, I I see patients, and I'll tell you one of the things that – you've got to also remember is that the, the vast majority, and I, I, I was aware that it was 90 plus percent of physicians, of doctors, have gotten vaccinated themselves. If your doctor feels comfortable enough to get vaccinated, guess what, you should too. And I think that's the key message. We want to make sure that people get vaccinated, but in the meantime, we do everything we can in the Tri-Cities area to to champion good messages, get people good information and really make sure people are certainly taking the preventive precautions so that they can protect themselves and their loved ones and ultimately get
1: vaccinated. Our thanks to Dr. Umer Shah for taking the time to share your perspective on this as the state's top public health official. We'll be back with the second half
2: of Catholic on Call right after this.
1: Again, our thanks to Dr. Umar Shah, the director of the Washington State Department of Health. And now uh, we welcome back to our program one of our regular guests uh, virtually every week over the past year, Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. And and Heather, I I think you had a chance to listen to Dr. Shah's interview in the first part of the program, maybe just an initial comment on on his view that some of the messages that we have been uh, reiterating uh, multiple times over the past several weeks and months, uh, he is... Continuing to reinforce, but it's nice to have his, uh, his 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 version.
3: You're exactly right, Jim. Hearing Dr. Shaw, and I did get to listen to his segment. You know, he he's repeating many of the things that we've said all along, but he's our state leader. He's our state medical leader. He's a physician, and I think that carries a lot of ways that we have a, a medical provider who. As a state, we're all his patients, essentially, and his messages are for each and every one of us, even though we've heard them time and time again. To have our state leader, you know, echo what we've been saying is is a good thing.
1: I know more and more people are getting vaccinated, which is great news, and and I know in mid-April, word has now come that... what is it? Everyone over the age of 16 can now get the vaccine. So, again, more opening up, which means good news for, for everyone.
3: You're right. Um, we were notified by, by the governor that on April 15, vaccines will be open to everybody 16 and older. And currently, doing away with the phase finder so people don't have to go on phase finder to see where they fit. In the phases and and present that certificate when they get a vaccine. Right now we're asking people to go to the new site called VaccineLocator.doh.wa.gov and that will help you locate a vaccine clinic within your community and you do not have to have your base finder certificate. So I think that really helps a lot uh, removed some of the barriers that we were realizing for people accessing vaccine clinics. The more complicated you make it, the less likely people are to to actually find a a clinic to attend. So, I feel good that, that we've kind of changed that method of finding a clinic and made it a little more simple.
1: And I know yet, uh, even with things more opening up and more vaccine becoming available, uh, both and I know some of the clinics that that Cadillac has run, as well as out of the fairground site uh, that you're you're operating, that there is availability currently. And so does that speak to those comments Dr. Shah was making about some of this vaccine hesitancy and all the more reason to to get it while you can? Because if you want to open, if you want to go back to fully go to school, it's better to be vaccinated?
3: Yeah, we're definitely looking at at the numbers, especially out at the mass vaccine clinic at the fairgrounds. Early on, when it was open to the senior population, we had no trouble filling all of our appointments and then some, because the senior population saw how devastating this was. And as we've moved into the younger and younger and younger population, we see a little more Not necessarily vaccine hesitancy because of their belief in vaccines, but more a um, nonchalant attitude of, I'm young, I'm healthy. If I catch COVID, it's not going to be a big deal. It'll be a, a little bit of a cold. So why go to all the effort of getting vaccinated? And what we're trying to get people to understand is you may not have a bad outcome if you catch COVID. But the person that you pass it on to might, and it might even be a person you're totally unaware that you passed it on to. We've seen pretty uh, uh, some pretty devastating family situations where it became apparent that a family member actually passed it on to a loved one, and the outcome was not good. We've seen, unfortunately, people die because they were exposed in a family unit. And knowing that vaccine could have saved them, and I know Dr. Shaw talked about that a little bit of how sad that somebody wasn't vaccinated and could have prevented passing this on to a loved one that ended up in a bad, bad outcome. So I know we have a little bit greater challenge with the younger population, but I, I think it's so important for them to understand that they too are part of this community. They are part of the solution, a very important part of the solution to opening back up, keeping us on the right track and and honestly keeping our businesses open. We know that a lot of the younger population are working in those areas that, that we have concerns about where we've seen outbreaks such as in grocery stores, retail, restaurant, manufacturing and that is often where our younger people work. And to keep those businesses going, it is gonna be so important that this population get vaccinated as well.
1: How are things going relative to uh, the, obviously this, the the har- the harvest season is, you know, it gets underway here momentarily and it runs all the way through uh, November. And how are we at, at, at getting access to the vaccine for, for the farm worker population that was hit so hard last year? You
3: know, Summer was a really, really tough summer because the COVID virus did hit our migrant and our seasonal farm laborer quite hard. And our businesses struggled, they felt it because constantly needing to close up because of a COVID outbreak does not go well when you are tied to your agricultural community and, and crops need to be processed. So as we go into this summer, We've worked very, very closely with our agricultural business partners and are trying to help them find ways to access vaccines for their employees, for their workers. We know that the business community in these ag industries are very interested in getting their population of workers served. They saw how it devastated them last summer. We don't want a repeat of this the same thing this year. And so our partners in the ag world are very much on board with getting their employees, their workers vaccinated. Our struggle, honestly, is more how to find enough people who can actually do vaccines to get out into the areas that we know we need to go to serve them. And we've been working with Department of Health through this and have been told that Department of Health will be helping us locate some workers who can come into our community and actually help us go out into those environments and do vaccinations and that's something that literally has just happened this week where we've had that communication with Department of Health so we'll be able to now move closer to doing some scheduled work uh, scheduled planning for clinics with our ag partners.
1: So the the issue it's it's we've had so much success getting the 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 elderly population vaccinated, and obviously these these mass sites where people can go much more convenient. Now we're getting some of the challenging parts. Uh, you touched on the populations that may not think they need to get vaccinated, and then these other harder to reach populations.
3: Right. We were we kind of moved past the easy to reach fruit on the tree, and now we're working on accessing a little bit more difficult food to to reach out to them and I think that's what I find so rewarding and challenging in the world of public health is we have to look at our community and we have to look at all the individuals in our community and realize that one type of service doesn't fit everybody. The Mass Vaccination Clinic is phenomenal and it's doing a great service to our community. But that is not the place where other people in our community necessarily can get to. And so it's our job to make sure that we're providing the appropriate care for this diverse population that we work with in, in the Tri-Cities.
1: Visiting with Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. We have a few more questions to send Heather's way before we leave for the evening. We'll do that right after this. Welcome back to a program. We have a couple of minutes left with Heather Hill from the Benton Franklin Health District and lots of information to to pass along. It seems like every week, Heather, relative to COVID-19, but I would like to have you touch a couple of things, a couple of uh, comments relative to a couple of things we're reading nationally. And and even in the state of Washington, I've heard the term breakthrough cases, which uh, sounds like it can be a little concerning. Explain what that is and and what our level of concern should be.
3: Sure. Um, when a person is vaccinated for, you know, any particular disease or infection, we would like to assume that the vaccine is 100% effective from preventing disease. But, but we know realistically that just isn't the case. And and that's the same thing that we have found with with the COVID vaccine. It is an extremely good vaccine. It does prevent toxicolization, severe illness, but we were always wondering, does it um, prevent every chance of getting the virus? And we've realized, CDC has come out, and in Washington State, the data is showing that there have been a few breakthrough cases, meaning the person was fully vaccinated, and they were past the time where your antibodies are still building. And so we were, they were considered fully immune, um, as immune as the vaccine will make them. And then they did go on and, and catch COVID. And that is something that we expect. But we now have evidence that, yeah, it is true. But the good news is it's a very, very, very small amount of people. But it also reinforces the need to get vaccinated. Some people might say, well, if... if it's not going to prevent 100%. Why should I get vaccinated? Because realistically, it is prevented for the vast majority of people. And even those people that the vaccine, um, there can be breakthrough disease, that person's illness is significantly less severe than if they had not been vaccinated. We see the same thing with influenza vaccine, and we know that one doesn't have as nearly a good response in the body as the COVID vaccine does. And we oftentimes throughout the flu season, see people, well, I was vaccinated and I still caught the flu. Yeah, unfortunately that does happen, but the fact that you were vaccinated could have prevented you from being hospitalized, developing pneumonia, or worse yet, dying from influenza.
1: So not totally unexpected at all with regard to the COVID vaccine. So as we sit here, spring break is upon us. Um, Gosh, I know every prominent holiday, Easter is near and and all of that. I know Christmas. I know Thanksgiving. I know all the way back into Memorial Day and Fourth of July and Labor Day. Is there a, a level of concern, a little bit of trepidation as we as we Uh, all want to get more open and we have another holiday and a break on us?
3: You know, of course, in public health, we look at these events and go, well, how is it going to affect our data? And we know that being able to stay in the current phase, our data is very important. And so as we move into the Easter weekend and spring break, again, we would encourage our, our community to Think about the impact on the community that your behaviors have, and there are ways to gather much safer. If people are vaccinated, that's wonderful. Vaccinated people, those who are fully vaccinated, and, be, and past that period of time where your your immunity is still building, which is a couple of weeks after your vaccine. We know the chance of spreading COVID in that scenario is pretty unlikely. And that's a, a really good reason to get vaccinated is you, you then can gather with vaccinated people much, much easier. But um, as we're moving into the holiday, I would really encourage people, again, You're repeating what Dr. Shaw said, is wearing your face coverings correctly, using the correct ones. Over your nose, over your mouth, make sure that there's not a lot of airflow, You, know, especially when you're gathering with um, unvaccinated people, family members, people outside your home maybe. We know that people are going to gather. And the important thing is when you're doing it, just do it as absolutely safe as possible. You know, the weather is getting good. Outdoors is an excellent place to be, but still remember that six feet between you, um, even when you're gathering outdoors, you need to maintain distance from each other, and and, and wear those masks. I just can't stress them anymore at this point, because April 15, or right around April 15, mid-April, once again, they'll be looking at our data, and... Um, where we as a community are going. Are we continuing to trend down or will this weekend and this upcoming week cause us to trend back up? Because none of us want to go back a phase and our businesses certainly don't want us to move back a phase. So it's really up to us to do what needs to happen, you know, for the sake of those businesses staying open and for us as a community to move forward.
1: So a lot of almost kind of a, a key time in all of this is a lot of promise, but at the same time, as you said, the next few weeks are pretty important because the, the phase openings can be impacted for the better or for the worse. And of course, uh, we certainly want to avoid increasing case counts as this holiday and spring break are upon us. Heather Hill with the Benton Franklin Health District. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for listening. And again, our thanks to Dr. Umer Shah at the first part of our program, the director of the secretary of the Washington State Department of Health. And as always, thank you for listening. We'll talk again next week. Good night.